Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Unofficial Shopify podcast listeners might like to try their app, Product Bundles. It's Amazon's classic sales technique brought to Shopify. So for example, you can make an offer like, buy this $20 shirt and this $10 hat for a bundle price of $25. Then customers can add a bundle with one click, or the app can auto-detect when a bundle's in the cart and apply the savings automatically. So if you'd like to try it, Bold is offering unofficial Shopify podcast listeners an extended trial by going to websiterescues.com bold. So if you go to websiterescues.com bold, you can get started today. Hello and welcome to this episode of the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and joining me today is a wonderful, fantastic, amazing Shopify store owner, Stephen Fisher from stateandliberty.com. Not going to go with a long-winded intro. We're going to jump right into this. Stephen, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Uh, so, Stephen, um, what is State and Liberty? So, State and Liberty Clothing Company, we started about uh, 20 months ago now. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're basically making dress shirts for the athlete. So they're dress shirts made out of athletic performance fabric. You know, they're stretchy, wick sweat away, machine washable, hang to dry, wrinkle free, kind of everything you'd look for in a workout shirt, but in a dress shirt. Uh, and then they're really cut for the athlete. So bigger in the shoulders, chest and arms, tailored waist, uh, doesn't look like, you know, one of those parachute shirts that a lot of guys see out there on the market. Now, all right, so I'll preface this by saying Getting into fashion and apparel is such a struggle because it's, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, it's hard to find. I think it, it, I've seen so many people struggle to succeed with it. How's this going for you? Definitely. Uh, you know, I think like a lot of things, it's going better because we were solving a problem that we were having. Uh, you know, my business partner and I couldn't find dress shirts that we wanted to wear. And this is exactly why they weren't cut right. The fabric wasn't right. The collars weren't right. And we saw you know, we saw what we thought was a need in the market because we wanted the product. Um, and that's frankly how most great businesses start. It seems like somebody wants a product and I was going to say, they can't find it out there. we've heard, I've heard that story many times, like Leo from Muggsy jeans, you know, yep. similar position. He said, well, I couldn't, I can't find jeans that are slim and comfortable. So we said, we'll, yep. we'll just make it ourselves. And I, he didn't even mean to sell them at first. Did you make initially make shirts for yourself? Absolutely. That's that's how it started out. It was Lee and I were making shirts for ourselves. A couple of our friends saw them and they were like, "Hey, can we uh, can we try those out?" Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, made some for them, and then a couple of their friends were like, "Hey, we'd love to love to buy a couple of those shirts that you guys make." And like, ah, I guess you better start a website. And so you know, started out, ordered like two hundred shirts, two styles, like a white and a, a blue check, and uh, you know, those sold out. And then we're like, "Hey, I guess we better buy a couple more of those." And you know, so bought some more of those, and then you know. I was guess it, uh, the rest is history. How did you go about – and this fascinates me because I have never had a product physically manufactured. And I think yeah. that for some reason this fascinates me. Like I love creating things. I love being creative. But the idea of having like a physical good made for you, I'm in love with. How does how does that process even work? How do you start? It's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, first off, we were really intent on finding a fabric that we liked. You know, that was kind of at the heart of what we were doing. Um, you know, the fit was, fit was really important to us, but if you don't find a good fabric, like the shirt's going to be awful anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and so we went out on, uh, a number of different websites and started reaching out to people pretty much all over the U S, uh, asking about athletic performance fabric. And everybody kind of told us like, Hey guys, if you're looking for athletic performance fabric, you got to go to China. Nobody makes it here anymore. Um, and so we're like, all right. And so 
so reached out to probably 40 different factories through Alibaba um, and found found a couple that we really liked working with, got samples. Um, you know, I'll remember, must have been two summers ago now, Lee and I in my basement, just like a bunch of kids in a candy store with tons of fabric samples <laughs> all over the ground, you know, stretching these things, pulling on them, feeling them, comparing them back and forth and found one that we liked that we made some of those samples out of. So you started with uh, finding a material that made sense, that looked good, yep. felt good, um, and then went with that manufacturer? Yep, definitely. Okay. Uh, so we went with that fabric that fabric company, and then I actually, uh, I'd been in China a couple years before and had some custom suits made, and you know, they, I reached out to, to that person and said, hey, if we send you a little bit of fabric, any chance that you can make them into a couple shirts? And she said, absolutely. And so um, I really trusted her from being there and saw her operation. It was a little family run shop. Um, and so, you know, kind of how did you find from there? Were you like, so were you on a vacation in China and said, hey, I, I'm going to get some suits made? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's I love um, that. That sounds like something yeah. I do. It's very- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like a pretty common thing in Shanghai. You know, they have okay. uh, like amazing fabrics and, uh, you know, amazing suit makers. And so a lot of people when they're, and I was there with a bunch of buddies and stuff. And so when we were there, we're like, Hey, like, let's get some custom suits made. You know, I was in college at the time. Um, and like, I guess every college kid thinks they need a suit, you know? So, uh, we're like, oh, Hey, you, let's you you know, get a couple of and see how get it goes. Those, yeah. Get, get exactly. ready for those job interviews. Um, exactly. Or in your case for, you know, going, going to the bank and opening up, yeah, opening up the vault to put all your state and Liberty cash. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, so how did, did you, what's your background? I mean, do you, I can't envision how, if someone said to me, Kurt, you got to design a shirt, like, okay, I, I finding the fabric and coming up with the idea, I could get that far, but then I would know where to begin with designing a shirt. You know, it's funny. Uh, I never had any background in, um, in clothing at all. I was a data science major at Michigan. I went to work for the Detroit Tigers after graduating in data analytics. And then, you know, that's kind of where this idea that we needed shirts came from because I was having to dress up every day going to work and wearing a suit and tie and felt just awful. And then my business partner, Lee, was playing professional hockey and he was dressing up before every game and, and was having the same problems. And so we had, you know, that kind of inspired us to start this and you know kind of like we were talking about before we just wanted to to design things that we wanted to wear and so it wasn't that hard for us to be like hey we'd like it to look like this because that's something that we'd want to put on and wear um you know it wasn't like high fashion it wasn't you know crazy stuff you see at fashion week it was very you know standard pretty traditional shirts but made out of this new fabric and with this new cut so and this is like uh you know, not specifically, but it's similar to like the stuff you would expect, like Under Armour clothes yeah, to be exactly. made out of. Okay. Exactly. Have you ever seen uh, Sheik's, their bed sheets made out of that like Under Armour material? I have. I think, I think I've seen like Facebook ads or something for them. I actually got a set. And yeah. if you're into this material, like I absolutely love these. We won't put anything else on our bed. It is, they're kind of expensive. I got it as a gift, um, but they're really fantastic. That's really, yeah, totally. Like I thought it would be weird. No, if you like that material, it just feels great. They're great to sleep on. So that's that's quite the rabbit hole. I just went down. I apologize. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Going backwards, you have a background in data analytics. Do you use that in your business? Every day, every day. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, you've talked about it on the podcast before, but Facebook ads, Instagram ads, ad roll, you know, go up and down the mark, go up and down the list of things that you can do, uh, 
it all has to do with data at the end of the day. And so that's been unbelievably helpful when looking at this stuff and market segmentation and, you know, figuring out where we should be putting money into, where we shouldn't be putting money into. I wrote our whole website, uh, didn't have to hire anybody to do that. So that was nice when we were bootstrapping early on. And, you know, you know, it's, it's one of the most important skills I think anybody can have is just like a fundamental understanding of numbers. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Having, you need to know, um, you know, what your return on investment is on each of your marketing dollars. Every dollar has a job. And if you can understand, yep. you know, what every, you know, what you're getting out of everything, um, having that clear picture really helps immensely. Uh, okay. Definitely. So once you had, you had the shirts, you found the material, you got the shirts designed, uh, got the manufactured, you found, uh, you went to, did you get a referral from this woman um, who made your, your suit in college or how did that no, work? I literally had her make it. Okay. <laughs> I had so her make the shirts. How did you we go from her that to, so you got those shirts. What happened next? Uh, so we got those shirts. We started wearing them around. We said, we like this. We don't like this. We got a couple new samples made. Then we made 20 for our friends. Then our friends said like, hey guys, like I don't know what you're doing here, but these things are pretty legit. I think you should go for it. So very of last year, we went on sale with that white and that blue check. We got, you know, I think it was like 200 meters of fabric of both shirts, um, put those on sale. And it was like, you know, it took us a month and a half to maybe sell out of them. Like it was a, it was a pretty slow beginning. Um, so did you start with a, so once you, you had those initial shirts, uh, how did you sell them? Did you start immediately with a Shopify store? Yep. Yep. Started right away. Day one on Shopify. And that was like, I don't think we sold a shirt in the first month that wasn't to somebody that we knew. Um, it was like texting our friends, hey, you mind picking up one of these shirts? They suck, but, you know, it'd be great if you could help me out. Uh, so you were and, you were pounding the pavement and reaching out to your immediate network to sell them, which in turn builds word of mouth. Absolutely pounding the pavement. I mean, there was, there's no other way to put it. We were just canvassing, uh, trying to get anybody that we knew to, to buy these things. And it turns out that they liked them a little bit more than we expected. Um and, you know, they told a couple of their friends about it, which was really nice. And then they told a couple of their friends about it, which was nice. And then, you know, word spread. And then we started to get like a little bit more serious about what we were doing. So what did it, when you say get more serious, uh, what did that entail? So I think a couple things. One was starting to use like any sort of advertising online, right? So we started an ad roll account. We started doing some Facebook ads. So you sold the initial run of shirts you sold out of with no advertising spent. Zero. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, I mean, like with very little investment, I mean, not very little, but without having, you know, to do a lot of the things people typically do, you yep. were able to absolutely validate your idea and really get those like initial evangelist customers. Definitely. And, you know, it's funny because I think we look back on those first shirts and I'd say we'd be disappointed or almost embarrassed of the product that we were selling at the time. What if we look didn't back you like now, about it? The collars weren't quite as good. The fabric wasn't quite as good. The cut and sizing wasn't as, as consistent as it is now. The packaging, it was like sent out in these little priority mail like envelopes, you know, stuffed in there or something. And now we've got them in, you know, custom boxes and they're wrapped in paper and there's a sticker on top and they ship with custom silver collar stays and, you know, all this, all this stuff that kind of sets your e-commerce brand apart. We when just didn't I even know anything about. When I buy a shirt, the first thing I check for is like, what does this collar stay look like? And when you yeah. have those nice metal collar stays, I give a couple of shirts like that. I just, it just feels so, so much nicer. Definitely. We've got like our logo on the collar stays and we ship two of them with every package and they're, 
nicely put on the card so you see him and then you get to put him in yourselves. I mean, it you know, it's these little things, but when put all together, just produces a completely different experience for the customer when they're opening the shirt for the first time and then also when they're when they're going to wear it and, you know, having their experience with the product itself. And then oh man, these are I'm looking at the shirts now. They're they're really good looking. I may have to get one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, so what marketing channel, uh, when you initially started out, what marketing channel worked best for you? Uh, Facebook and Instagram for sure. Uh, no question about it. You know, and early on, uh, because we went to Michigan, because we, you know, had these athlete connections, that was all of our marketing early on was sending shirts for free to like pro athlete friends of ours and being like, Hey, do you mind sending out Instagram about this? Um, and that was, that was all of our early press and that's what everything early came from. I'm not, that's really press, I guess, but. So you you really, yeah. I mean, you had direct personal access to, um, these Instagram influencers who are exactly exactly your target market. Exactly. And their followers were our target market as well, you know, which was the key. And so, yeah, having somebody on the Mets or the Red Wings or, you know, the Lions or, you know, any number of hockey teams, you know, tweet and Instagram and, and post about this, these new shirts that they're wearing that are like changing the game, blah, blah, blah. You know, we couldn't have ever paid for that kind of thing and that kind of stuff early on. But the fact that they actually liked the product and liked our story, you know, made all the difference. So did you uh, did you know people personally or would you just I mean, how did that work? Would you say? Yeah, um, I, I'd say we knew people personally 90 uh, percent of the time. But then, you know, we sent them to one guy and then it spread around the locker room and sooner, you know, before we knew we knew one guy on the L.A. Kings. And before we knew it, there was, you know, we had 20 customers on the LA Kings. Hmm. That's amazing. So, <laughs> I mean, that's really, that's quite extraordinary. Yeah. So once you, okay. So you did this phenomenal uh, influencer outreach strategy. And now I'm looking, you've got a ton of products. Did you, uh, when did you know to add new products? How did you know what products to add? So we didn't add until I think it was May of, of last year. We added three new shirts then we added another three new shirts in September. Um, and that's when we kind of knew in September we had a, a great launch of those three shirts. We did an event at Shinola in Detroit or at Shinola, Shinola Detroit store in Ann Arbor. We did an event for our for our launch of those three shirts. You know, we did some got some press around that and it, it went so well that we we're like, all right, we gotta we gotta take this company on full time. And that was the first time that we kind of said, you know, hey, maybe we really have something here, not like this hobby company thing that we're it went running from, on this. Yeah, a side hustle, like a nights and weekend gig. Exactly. To we could do this full time. Exactly. And how did, was it based on, was it a feeling or was it revenue? Like, did you quantify it or you guys, you just knew? I think it was a combination. I think you looked at, we looked at the numbers and we looked at the numbers from the first nine months and then we looked at the numbers in September and we're like, okay, like, we've turned a corner here. It's time to, it's time to focus on this. And it's, it, we kind of put it, put it to each other as like, it's either time to focus on this and see what we can turn it into or shut it down because there's, there's no point playing kind of that middle ground at this point with right. the kind of numbers and the traction that we have. You know, yeah. And then you're, you know, you're dealing with, um, you know, customer support requests. It starts chewing up a lot of time and you yep. have to decide like, all right, what am I doing? And start being exactly, really intentional exactly. with your your time and your life. Um, Definitely, I love the photography on your site is phenomenal. You've got this big hero image that just looks really great. How did you did you 
hire a photographer? Did you know a photographer? How did this happen? Yeah, found a photographer here in Ann Arbor that's been phenomenal. Um, and I don't know if it's just him, but you know, he's he's been able to give us like kind of a startup rate, which hasn't been too crazy. And then we give him a lot of free shirts. So that's been I think that's been a good trade. And you know, finding somebody that you trust and gets I think the key is a photographer that gets the aesthetic of the brand, right? They get what you're going for. And he very early on in our first conversation said, got it. You know, I know what you're going for. I get what you're trying to do. And then when we're out shooting, we can't even necessarily see something and he sees it and he's like, Hey, can you go over there and sit down and turn this way and do this? And then we see the picture and we're like, wow, you nailed it. Um, but finding photography and finding models and people and all the models are our friends. We've never paid a model. Um, (laughs) you know, that, that fit in with the aesthetic of your brand and fit in with what you're going for is just unbelievably important because, you know, we hear from a lot of folks when you look at our website for the first time, you say, okay, I get these guys, you know, I get what they're trying to do. I get who they're going after and and I'm their target market. Um, these guys, these guys understand me. And that's just so important because that visual, when you go to somebody's website or Instagram or Facebook for the first time, you're never going to get that first impression back. No, for sure. So what do you, looking back, you know, you've had sort of this very, this meteoric rise to success. Um, and it, not by luck. I think you, you put in a ton of, uh, sweat equity and smart thinking here. Certainly but, a lot of luck involved though. Don't, don't <laughs> give us too much credit. What's one thing, um, you wish you'd done differently looking back. If you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself? Never would have hired a PR firm. I, I think that that's, uh, that's for sure. We would have done all the PR in house and we actually got, we got advice on that early on, and I, I think that we should have just, you know, taken that advice. I, I think that's that's one of them. I think we would have started doing Facebook and Instagram advertising much earlier. Um, I think those are the two biggest things that we wish we'd done differently. But it, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're we're where we are um, because of everything we've done, and so you know, it's hard to go back and say, Hey, I do this differently. Cause I can think about all the things we could have done differently. Um, that maybe would have, would have done things better for us. Like, let's say we started doing uh, Facebook and Instagram advertising last February and March, right? A year and a half ago when we were just starting out. Um, our product sucked then compared to now, would we have done more sales then than we did? Probably. Would we maybe have lost potential customers who tried the product when it was like kind of mediocre as a pair, as opposed to her trying it now and saying, wow, this is a, a pretty nice product and have become lifelong customers. Absolutely. So, you know, there, there's customers that we probably had last February that have never bought again because they didn't love the product. Um, and so I, I think you can go back and second guess yourself a lot, but is it really worth it? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? So you it sounds like you've had a lot of success with Facebook and Instagram in broad terms, you know, you don't have to give away the the secret sauce, but in broad terms, what do you think makes a successful, um, social media campaign? I think two things. I mean, I think that getting the right audience is key, right? Uh, and that that's a huge part of Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, and, and Facebook offers a ton of different, you know, capabilities in doing this. We've found some really a lot of success using like audiences uh, to our current customers. I I can't rec- really recommend that any higher. So um, you take your like your customer list, uh, give it to Facebook as a custom audience, and then say make a uh, lookalike audience based on this, and then you exactly. show exactly. What kind of, do you um, narrow it down at all, or just use that lookalike audience? 
we look at like we've gone with like a I think it's a two million person audience uh, that are lookalikes from our customer base, and our we did like a a couple different lookalike audiences, one with our top five hundred customers and one with our top two thousand customers, and our lookalike audience on the top two thousand customers actually far outperformed our top five hundred customer lookalike audience. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, couldn't have guessed that one before, but hmm. um, yeah, I could come up with random reasons now but who knows so yeah uh you know and, and now we're experimenting with a look like audience on all of our customers right and so we'll see how that does but finding a great audience is number one number two is you've got to serve them something that's going to catch their eye uh and so we've got a lot of ads out there that are like immediately eye grabbing and that's i think extremely important uh you know we've got one with a guy walking to work and he's just dripping with sweat. I mean, the back of this guy's shirt, I, I'm sure you'll see it on um, like our Facebook or Instagram page if you go there. Um, and we'll definitely, if you go to our website, you'll definitely see it because we'll ad roll you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's dripping with sweat. His back is drenched. The shirt, he's sweated through the entire shirt. And then next to him is a guy wearing one of our shirts. It fits better. It looks better. There's no sweat on the thing. And, the amazing thing on Instagram with that is we've gotten so many likes from it and so many people like tagging their friends that we've started to get organic reach from that ad. Hmm. So Instagram started serving it to people because they think they're going to be interested in it, not just because we're paying them to. That's so you take um, so if you take something that has that organic appeal and then turn it into a, a boosted post or um, you know a, a broader PPC ad, then. Clearly, that has, and then show it to your this lookalike audience that works very well. Exactly, you've just got to get some, something out there that resonates with people, right? That's that's the key to the whole thing. They've got to look at an ad and be like, "Oh my god, these shirts were made for me. Oh my god, this you know these pants were made for me. Oh my god, this these jeans were made for me. This whatever you know, whatever product you're selling, what's the real value proposition of the product? And you've got to find a way to put that into an ad that's going to resonate with people the first time they see it. And the catch here is, you know, you have a very clear audience in mind. Definitely. And I think that like a lot of people that trips them up at first and that they're like, well, if I make it too narrow, then I'm turning customers away. No, it makes it much easier because if someone says, oh, I just can't get shirts that are comfortable. I can't get shirts that have a, a good athletic fit. It automatically, oh, state, and Li-, you know, people are going to refer. You get that word yep. of mouth to state and liberty because you occupy that space in their mind. Like forever, Definitely. if someone... So like says athletic dress shirt, boom, state and liberty. Yep, exactly. And that that's so important to us. And that's, you know, we get emails a number of times a day from people saying, oh, you guys are the athletic shirt guys, you know. There you go. Yeah, you want to be and, and the X key. guys. Exactly. If you can't, like, if you don't know, you know, what that what that space is, then I think you haven't figured out your positioning yet. And clearly you have. Definitely. And we're happy to go and expand in the future, right? But you've got to prove a market proposition up front. Uh, you've got to have a small niche that you are going to own. And then, you know, go into the retired cut, go into the this, go into the that. But until, you know, you have a group of people that love your product and love it for what it is, you're just not ready to go after. It's a lot easier to go after a million people than it is 300 million. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And I think that's paradoxical. Um, and for people starting out, I yeah, think that often definitely. trips them up, but no, and I sure. think that's actually something that we made a mistake on early on is, you know, we had all these value propositions, you know, the fabric, the fit, the, you know, the comfort, the machine washability, like whatever. And then when we kind of worked on our rebrand, it was rebranding all of that into this is built for the athletic guy. Yeah. It's athletic fit, athletic fabric, low maintenance. Boom. Cause athletes are idiots. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> all these things. Like I never wanted to, you know, sit there for an hour ironing my shirt before I went out or went to a game or did this or did that. It's like, you've got to find a way um, to brand all that under one and, you know, it, it then you're just going to be way better off. Yeah. You need a really concise way to say it. Uh, yep. and I, ideally like the simple positioning statement, you know, would is X, Y, Z. You say we build X for Y to do Z. And if you can answer that, you know, it works. You say we provide athletic shirt or we provide dress shirts for athletes um, with athletic fit and uh, with athletic fit and fabric. Boom. Yep. Like you have answered that, that uh, positioning statement, that elevator, um, that elevator pitch very, very quickly and easily. Yep, so definitely. Uh, a lot of people always wonder like, oh, is there some must have app uh, or service or plugin? Do you have any, any app or service that you can't live with? You couldn't live without day to day? You know, Shopify is certainly one of them, <laughs> but I think that's a given at this point. Uh, you know, some sort of shipping app um, is is really important. Uh, you know, there's a lot of them out there. We use ShipStation. It works really well for us. Um, I see a lot of people use ShipStation. It feels yeah, like a quality product. It is a quality product, I think, with, you know, it, it would be impossible for us to, like, type in all these labels or, or process in another way. That's been really great. Um Personally, I think that AdRoll is a must-have product. If you're not going after the people that have already been to your site, you're not advertising to your easiest possible customer. You know, oh, they've yeah. already, Remarketing is amazing. They've already shown some sort of interest in your product. Um, like why are you going after prospecting new people when you're not even trying to get the people that are already have already told you they're interested by coming to your site to buy? Right. That, they've that they've just, raised their by visiting the site, and most people are going to visit the site and bounce. You won't get their email. They won't start checkout. You know, they're they're just going to show up, say, "Oh, this looks cool," and then disappear. Because it's yep. like I don't just visit a site and then two minutes later I'm buying a shirt for ninety dollars. So yep. I need to, you know, I need to visit that site or at least interact with that brand probably four or five times. And yep. remarketing is just an easy automatic way to do that. And then when yep. you combine it with email, like it, it's just a, a phenomenally successful tactic as you've seen. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say the third one, and again, I think this is probably going to be pretty obvious to a lot of your listeners, but it's just some sort of email sign up pop up when you first come to the site. We pick up so many people and then, you know, along with remarketing and retargeting them online, it's so easy to just shoot them an email and say, hey, like, why haven't you bought yet? You know, hey, here's what's going on with the company. Hey, we're coming out with these new shirts. And we recover so many people from that list um, every week that eventually buy. It might not be a week later. It might not be a month later. We get some that buy for the first time three months after visiting our website when we send them an email. So I just think that that's such an e another just really easy thing to do that's really important. What email service do you use? I think it's MailMunch. Oh, we, we use MailChimp uh, for our email marketing, but MailMunch is the one that uh, is like the pop-up on our website that works okay. pretty well. Cool. Yeah, I like, um, 
Optimunk uh, works pretty well. Okay. Uh, just Uno, I've seen a lot of people use that for the pop-up. So I like cool. Optimunk, Just Uno, MailMunch. That one's new to me, but clearly it works. Um, and then, yeah, Klaviyo or MailChimp, you know, all those are, are great email apps. Um, so, yes, this is, this is amazing. Congratulations on your success, Stephen. Appreciate um, it. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of our time together. You've said it all. Do you have any closing thoughts? You know, what's one, what's one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? I, th- I think at the end of the day, it's about creating a product that you want. And I think you can hammer that home all day. But, you know, I don't think people really get it that like, I think a lot of Shopify store owners that I've talked to have been like, oh, yeah, I started this thing because I saw a void in the marketplace with like, my mom's uncle who wanted this thing for his house and it could work really well and I'm going to create that product for him and then I'm going to sell it. And you're, then you're too divorced from it. Exactly. You've got to be right in the thick of it. Uh, and then I'd say do a little bit of market testing, you know, make sure that other people feel the same way that you do about this. And they're, they're probably going to, if you feel that strongly about it, but it's worth trying before you invest too much money, time, your life, you know, on and on into this one thing. So, you know, find a product that you would use that you love, create the product and then test it before you really put too much time into it. Yeah, that makes And that can be sense. just like giving it out. That can be just giving it out to people. We found that it was like a lot more valuable to sell it to our friends at cost, not only because it saved us a little money, but more because then they place some value on it. If you're giving them something for free, A, they might never use it. B, you don't know if they're just kind of like saying they like it because they're your friend. It's when they're actually willing to pay a little bit of money for it that you know, okay, like maybe they actually believe in this thing. It's not just they're doing it because they're nice. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, even if you charge them like 10 bucks, just something where they have to have opened their wallet. Exactly. Absolutely. Mentally makes such a big difference. No, I think that's so important. So it sounds to me like the the formula for success here is number one, you need to be passionate about what you're doing, and the easiest way is you know find a, a pain or problem in your own life and then come up with a solution, and that that makes it easier because you're your own best customer, and then you probably have surrounded yourself with people similar to you, so you go to your yep. friends and do the same thing to them, um, and I think that it's such a such a easy way to do things as opposed to like well I heard that this market is successful you know I, I see a lot of a lot of people do that where it's like oh well I, did you hear about this store they they made a million dollars in a month so I'm gonna make a store just like that it's like but do you <laughs> care about it I mean yeah. do you like have any idea why those people are buying or know anything about it you're exactly just making your life unnecessarily hard it's exactly. easier like chase your do something you feel strongly about as opposed to just chase dollars exactly and then I, I think the one one final last thing is make it easy for people to refer your product and make it easy for people to uh, tell their friends about it and get their friends some sort of discount. So it seem like they're like in the know and they've got this new thing. You know, the number of discount codes that we've made that take five, 10% off, um, you know, that are the name of some company or somebody's name or whatever. And they're like, hey, I love your product. Any chance I can like pitch it out to all my friends and get you know, get a small discount for them. We're like, absolutely. Here's your custom discount code. You're going to seem really cool because you've got your own discount code. You can talk about it. And then, you know, we're happy to give you, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks a shirt you sell. Like it, it doesn't matter to us. If you're selling shirts for us, it's better than selling to a boutique. So, um, you know, we're, we're also happy to do that and very liberal with giving people, uh, discount codes to try and sell their friends with. Great advice. Thank you, Steve. I, uh, Steven. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I appreciate it. You've done phenomenal work. I think everybody should go check out stateandliberty.com. Um, is that where, is that the best place for people to go yeah. and learn more about you? Definitely. Stateandliberty.com. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool site. Check out, uh, their product descriptions. Uh, definitely look at their, their value proposition. They're doing a lot of things right. Um, so worth taking a look at. To our appreciate listeners, it, Kurt. however, this audio made it into yours, you could find out more about it at unofficialshopifypodcast.com. Uh, we just started a Facebook group uh, for listeners of the podcast. Check it out. Uh, just search Unofficial Shopify Podcast on Facebook. You'll find it. Click join. I'll add you. Um, and if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, you can sign up for my newsletter at kurtelster.com, and I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.